This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie, and as we enter this month of February, I wanted us to focus a little bit on the gift of life, and particularly the Life Gala that will be held here, the first annual of its kind in the Archdiocese of Portland, but this idea of celebrating the inspiration, but also a call to action as we continue the good work of defending human life, of building a culture of life, So as we begin with that, Archbishop, would you lead us in prayer? Yes, indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Heavenly Father, you are the source of all life, and of all goodness, and of every blessing under the heavens. We give you praise and thanks for that gift of life, which truly is, Father, a gift that comes straight from your hand. Help us to be respectful and honoring of every human life and every human person especially the most vulnerable among us. We ask you to pour out with your Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, upon our broadcast to open the minds and the hearts of our listeners and to speak a word of your truth and love to them. So we place this time in your hands, Father, asking you to lead us and guide us. And all this we ask through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. As we look at this topic of life, and I just wanted to just open it up with, you know, the importance that our community comes together in celebration, in protection, in in really knowing why are we building a culture of life? Why is this so important for us as Catholics to to be part of building a a pro-life culture? Yes, you know, uh, well, I, it kind of goes a little bit back to just even even the words that, that I prayed a moment ago. You know, life is, is the foundation for everything human. I mean, it's kind of obvious to say that, but, uh, but I, I think, strangely enough, we've kind of lost sight of that. Uh, it, it seems so obvious, but and yet we act in a way that is contrary to the realization, to that reality that life, human life is the foundation of all human experience. We can't have human experience mm-hmm. or experiences. Uh, we can't have a, a culture. We can't have a society without life. A life is is the is the fundamental value, if you will, and this is this is what the church has has continued to proclaim, even in the in the midst of the darkness of what Saint John Paul II termed the culture of death. 
we continue to proclaim the gospel of life. We speak, the church speaks into this culture of death, the words of life and the gospel of life, as St. John Paul II put it so beautifully. And St. John Paul II, I, I think a lot of people uh, sort of reduce uh, uh, John Paul's description of the culture of death uh, as to the life issues per se. You know, in other words, uh, the abortion issue in particular, uh, the most vulnerable. And, and I'll, I'll just, that is the most vulnerable, the most fragile, the most threatened uh, form of human life in, in, in our world today is the unborn child, the preborn child. But St. John Paul II, in describing a culture of death, wasn't speaking just about the life of the unborn and, and, and the pro-life issue as it regards abortion in and of itself. I mean, that's, that's, that's the core. That's the foundation. That's where it starts. That's the, that's, that's the most important. The preeminent issue, as the bishops of the United States have called it. But it, it's this larger culture of, of a lack of respect for the dignity of every human life and every human person. So it, it's, it is related to other specifically life issues. So we can talk about issues of euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, the vulnerable and elderly and, and infirm. We can talk about uh, a, a culture that continues to promote uh, the execution of, of prisoners in, through the death penalty, which the church now has you know, firmly said, in our time at least, that this is not acceptable because of, of where we're at today in, in the culture and in society and in our criminal justice system. But it's beyond that, too. Mm-hmm. It's just this degradation of the human person. It's the darkness that we live in. It's, it's, it's the sexual issues. It's the degradation of women, the objectification of women, uh, and, and the, the breakdown in family uh, structure and culture and, and, and the safety net, if you will, uh, of the family. It, it, and then it expands beyond that to the injustices that we see in, in our society, uh, in our culture, racism. You know, economic in, in inequalities and injustices, not just in, in, in throughout the world, but even within our own country. So, so I guess what I'm saying is the culture of death encompasses much more than just the abortion issue. But that said, the fun, I believe firmly the fundamental issue in the preeminent issue is the life issue, is and it's specifically the abortion issue. I mean. I've always said, and, and many others have said, if we cannot honor and protect the most fragile and vulnerable of all human life as a society, if we cannot protect that, if we cannot honor that, if we cannot see that, even see it, then it's, it's no mystery to me why all these other things happen. If we, can't, if we can't protect the most vulnerable of human life, if we can't all agree that an unborn child is worthy of our love and protection, then why should we be surprised that we live in a violent society and right. an unjust society mm-hmm. that, that degrades the human person? So we can't give up on, on, on the issue of life, even though Roe v. Wade has been overturned, even though we've had the Dobbs decision. This, this in many ways, this, this spiritual battle is just beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it's just timely for this Life Gala event to happen here in the Archdiocese of Portland. One to celebrate, obviously to celebrate what's happening locally as a as a church. 
to have some inspiration. Abby Johnson will be speaking. The Sisters of Life will be there to share some of their testimony of some of their ministries and way of work, but also it's a call to action. And as we look at Archbishop our local people coming together, those that are involved at the parish level, maybe within different vicariates that are praying, that are fasting, that are working in in Salem at the Capitol, you know, working on behalf of different legislation. Um, Why is it important that we spend some time to really get strategized on what can we continue to do at all of the the heart, the mind, uh, that our feet are active, um, as well as our adoration chapels are mm-hmm. active on behalf of the most vulnerable. Well, I think that yes, it's it's important that well, it's it's, it's important that we have a firm grasp of, of where we're at right now in this in this uh, respect life movement. We need to be very cognizant and, and and aware of what has happened and how the landscape has changed with the Dobbs decision. That's why we need to come together for an event like this, mm-hmm. all right? We need to mobilize. We need to energize ourselves. We need to be energized by those who really in many ways are in the forefront uh, of this movement for, for the protection of human life. Um, so to have the Sisters of Life here, to have Abby Johnson here, you know, is, is, a, is an amazing thing. Because we need to come together. We need to unite ourselves. And, and, but, but to do that in order to take action, as you said uh, in the earlier part of of the broadcast, that we all, with great joy, uh, those of us who who have been part of this movement, rejoiced with the Dobbs decision, and that finally the the tragic and and just unjust and, and quite honestly just incorrect decision that was the Roe versus Wade decision of the Supreme Court, that that's, that's done away with, that's overturned. We all celebrate that, and it's wonderful. And, and But it, it does now create a new landscape, mm-hmm. and that's what we have to come together to talk about. That's what we have to be informed about. That's what we have to educate ourselves about. We need to know where we're at now in this spiritual battle. Because um, as, as I say, the landscape now has changed, and this battle, in a certain sense, now you know, comes really down to the local level, to the state level. And we've talked about this before. Right. Now, here we are in the state of Oregon, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'll just have to say it, you know, across the country, you know, Oregon is, is recognized as, as, you know, one of those states that is most aggressive in the promotion of abortion, in abortion of availability, um, you know, and it's labeled with all these, uh, you know, innocuous uh, euphemisms that people give it, you know, women's health care and reproductive rights. You know, they put all these nice words around it. But we're talking about the destruction of, of the most vulnerable of human life, the unborn child. And uh, so we need to know where we're at in this, in this warfare uh, to, to, to uphold the dignity of life, um, and even in a place like Oregon. So, yeah, so we need to come together. We need to be informed. We need to be educated. We need to know the lay of the land. And we, therefore, then we know what we need to do because we do need to act. Certainly, and, and prayer is action. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to minimize prayer. You know, I, 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 I get frustrated, quite honestly, when people say, oh, you know, you, you know, forget the praying, you know, do something. You know, well, no, prayer mm-hmm. is, is the foundation for everything that we do yeah. in any realm of apostolic work or ministry, uh, works of charity, works of justice, works of mercy is always underpinned by prayer because it's motivated out of our relationship with God. And we're not just social action people. 
We're, we're motivated by our love for God and God's love for us and God's love for every, every human person that walks this planet, uh, born and unborn. And so, so prayer, we need to root this in prayer. So, we, you know, I, I do not at all underestimate the impact and the power that prayer has had over the last decades since the Roe versus Wade decision that finally has seen the takedown of that decision. Prayer that has taken place in churches, in adoration chapels, in communities, prayers that have been held outside of abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood facilities. Those prayers and that witness have had a powerful impact. So we have to keep the prayer up. But we also need to take other kinds of action. I, I think, you know, before we get to the political realm, what about the women? You know, and the U.S. bishops, I'm so proud of, of the work that the pro-life committee has, has been doing in recent years. And I was a part of that committee until, until recently. To really shift a focus also now on, on taking care of, of the women, the mothers, uh, who find themselves in, in, in difficult circumstances with a pregnancy. You know, it's, it's rightly said that we cannot just be anti-abortion. We can't be just against abortion. It's important that we be so, but it, we have to do more than that. We have to be concerned about the women who find themselves in these difficult circumstances and who find themselves with a pregnancy that perhaps was unplanned and is creating great hardship in their life or is, is a result of, of, of something even, even worse. We have to be there for these women. We, we, if we're going to stand for life, we need to stand for all lives. And, and that includes the women. And so we need to be there to support them. So these movements to provide uh, counseling, to provide uh, health care, to provide even the, you know, the, the counseling around the life issue. You know? And, and I'm, I'm one of those that's all for, for up to me, uh, every woman would see an ultrasound of her unborn child uh, before having to make such a horrible decision. Uh, and... Um, you know, so we need to we need to be there to, to 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 support these women. But then, if they choose life, pray God they do. Well, okay, then we need to be there for them. We need to support them. We need to put put our money and our time and our talent and our treasure where our mouth is. You know, and we need to support uh, the women in these circumstances by surrounding them with all of the resources and the support that they need to carry a child to to birth. And whether they keep the child or whether they place the child in, in the hands of, of other families through adoption, whatever that is. We need to, we can't just, we, 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 we've got to be there to support and love them. And then finally, I, I think is, is the, the, the political action piece. We need to advocate for policies, for laws that, that protect human life, even in a state like Oregon, where it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's face it. It's an uphill battle here mm-hmm. for sure. You know, um, but we can't give up the effort. Because, you know, who would have ever thought that Roe v. Wade was going to be struck down? You know, that seemed almost impossible at times, you know, and now here we are. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't underestimate what God can do through our prayerful efforts uh, to, to defend life. And so, and it kind of, I, I'm sorry, it comes down to who do we vote for? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I know people get all upset when we start talking politics. Okay, well, this this is not a political issue. This is a moral issue. This is a human issue. This is a justice issue. The protection of the most vulnerable among us, the unborn child. And so we need to be electing people to public office who will defend and protect 
the dignity of human life in all, in all persons. You know, and it's and it's the bishops do consider it a preeminent issue when making when making decisions about who we check off on that ballot. That we yes we, we we there's a lot that we have to take into consideration in the in the, in the formation of our conscience, but the preeminent issue is the life issue, right. and the bishops have stated that very very clearly, and 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 we have to have very we have to have a very almost contorted argument for why we would vote for somebody uh, that that uh, advocates for for uh, the advancement of abortion. Yeah, you know, as you talk about the the need, and whenever you say you know women's. Um, our health. I always think, you know, every single woman who's pregnant is now a mother. And I think that's one thing that we continue. I, I remind myself of that and think every single mother. And, I, and that, of course, leads me to think about our blessed mother. I want to pray for those mothers who have been given such a gift that God has given women that chance to bring life and so to pray for those mothers. But we have done some great things. I think about the Catholic Charities. I think about some of the different maternity homes and, and resources uh, that I know will be honored and recognized at this Life Gala. But you've been here for now 10, over 10 years to see some of the different ministries, some of the different outreaches that have just come from the Catholic Church. That doesn't even look at all of the different other, maybe not Protestant communities that have done a good job of providing mm-hmm. resources for mothers, for children, for families to uplift and to to really protect human life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you know we we've come to together as, as a as a community in Oregon, the pro life community, and 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 really have accomplished a lot together. And it, it is a I, I like to see it as an ecumenical and even in, in some instances an interreligious. And I've I've quite honestly, I've met folks here in Oregon who don't profess any religious belief at all, but who believe strongly in in the dignity uh, of human life, and and so yeah, there's much to celebrate uh, in 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 the efforts that we do together here in the state. I, I'd like to circle back though to to a point you made about the, this gift of of life. You know, I, I understand that you know, given a, a particular person's circumstances, a particular woman's circumstances. She might very much have a difficult time seeing this 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 life in her womb as a gift, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the circumstances of the pregnancy right. or of her life at that time. Um, but you know, every life is, is is a life that comes from the hand of God. Uh, every 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 life is intended, even even when conceived in very difficult and, and even tragic circumstances. It's 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 a life that is intended and willed, uh, and and we don't make it. We don't we don't have the right to make a judgment about what lives are valuable and what lives are not valuable. What lives should be saved? What lives should not be saved? You know, it, this, this euphemism, this 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 term that is used sometimes to promote abortion, women's health care. You know, this isn't health care. A pregnancy is not a pathology. <laughs> a pregnancy is a woman's body doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, it's it's not a, a an unborn child is not a, a pathogen in in a woman's body that needs to be dealt with. It's it's a human being. It's a human life from the moment of conception. That is a unique, irreplaceable, irrepeatable member of the human race. And uh, as painful as it might be in in the circumstances of a woman's life at the time. You cannot escape that reality, and we can't commit another 
horrible injustice and and, and in order to to somehow uh, take care uh, of another injustice so um, yeah I, I think that you know we need to we need to really find a different way to look about that. I mean, it's amazing to me. I don't know if people notice this. Sometimes even in, in commercial advertising, I notice this, that if, if, the, if the advertising is trying to be celebratory of, about life and about a pregnancy and everything else, oh my gosh, it's all about, they show the ultrasound in the commercial, they see the, the adoring parents looking at the ultrasound images, and there's all this great joy about expecting the child and preparing for the child and health, health of the mother and, and all of this. You know, and even, I've even seen commercial advertising refer to that unborn child in the womb as a child. And yet when it comes to the term of abortion or the, the issue of abortion, suddenly it's not a child. It's a fetus. It's a, it's a blob of tissue or what, however they want to characterize it. They don't want to use the word baby or child. Uh, but even commercial advertising will use the word baby and child if it's in the interest of promoting, you know, the, the pregnancy in this instance, you know, but again, we don't determine that. Mm-hmm. That is outside, that is above our pay grade <laughs> to decide what lives are valuable and what lives are not, what lives are wanted, what lives are not wanted. In other words, we, we seem to have gotten to a point in our culture where we impart the, the, the dignity to a life. Well, this life is worth saving in the womb because this child's wanted, whereas this child isn't wanted, so that mother should have the, the right to terminate uh, that pregnancy and to, and to take that life. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, to me, it's, Quasi is kind of nuts. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of schizophrenic. Yeah. We just saw not too long ago in Washington, D.C., the annual March for Life. Here in Oregon, the March for Life will be in the month of May. Oregon Right to Life has moved their their rally to the month of May. But what's your message to young people and youth? Because we see so many young people, college-age students coming on behalf of life, students for life. You know, we just see the thousands of thousands of them coming from different campuses, What's their role in continuing this mission? Well, it's, it's their battle. Mm-hmm. It's their battle for the future. You know, this has been so encouraging for me over the years are, are the young people who have become a part of the Respect Life movement, the pro-life movement. We see those signs at, at, at Respect Life rallies. You know, we are the pro-life generation, mm-hmm. you know. We are the post-Roe generation, you know. I mean, they, they celebrate this, and, and the, the future is in the hands of those young people. They will shape the future of our culture and whether we have respect for life or not. And I'm so encouraged because there's a very strong movement. I think they get it. You know, it's it's, it's interesting. I, I think the younger generation somehow gets it much better than an older generation. And, and, and I'm not quite sure why, to be honest. I think maybe a lot of young people have lived in the, in, the, in the fog of the darkness of our culture long enough to realize that something has gone gravely amiss. And I think it starts here. I think, you know, I, 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 I know people sometimes react very uh, knee-jerk against that, that idea that this, to me, is the fundamental issue. Without respect for the unborn child, we can't have adequate health care and education and, and economic and social justice for, for individuals if, if, if their very life is, is denied them. So I think the younger generation, I want to encourage them to continue this fight. You've got to take it up. Uh, you've got to carry it forward. You will shape the future. 
of, of, our, of our society and our culture as it concerns human life. My generation is going to pass away and <laughs> sooner, than, sooner than I'd like to think. And so, but, I, but, I, I, but I'm very encouraged. I think, I think uh, yes, there are many young people today who have been sold the bill of goods and have bought into the, the culture of death. And quite honestly, are vehement about it. And I, I quite honestly, I see some of the, I've listened to and seen in videos and social media and that some of these people that are so vehemently pro-abortion and, and just, there's almost something demonic about it. I, I hate to put it be so strongly, but there's something just evil about even sometimes the look in their eyes, uh, uh, the, the contortion of their face, the, the shrillness of their, of their rhetoric. So, uh, so they're out. They're, they're still out there, uh, but but I have great hope. I have great hope for the young people. Uh, I, I think they're. I think they're going to. They're going to rule the day uh, in, in a good way. Yeah. Well, we're excited about this opportunity to have the Life Gala. Of course, the tickets have already been sold out. It's, I think, going to be an annual opportunity for people to come together and then continue to nourish people on the gift of life. And why don't we ask for the intercession of Pope St. John Paul II and Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, to guide us in this continual mission to bring about a beautiful gift of life for each and every human person. And with that, I just want to thank you for your, your words of encouragement as we continue to move forward. Archbishop, and also our prayers for all of our priests Mm -hmm. and for you as we continue to move forward. Would you help us close with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, all of your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And as always, we want to thank you for joining us today on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Until we meet again, may you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.